0: You are now listening to the Enter VR podcast. I'm Chris Miranda, your host, and today I'm joined by Adam Draper. He's the uh, founder and managing director at Boost VC, um, the venture capital firm firm with the most VR startups. Adam, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me, Chris.
0: All right, so let's get right to it. I want to ask you um, why. No, let's start. Let's not go there first. I, uh, let me let me ask you, what is the current state of the virtual reality industry at this point?
1: so at at boost VC uh, you know we were a f- what we say is we're a family of founders making sci-fi a reality and you can't do sci-fi without virtual reality first of all um, and throughout I, I want to sort of set the stage so that we get to where we are today so I'm going to set the stage with VRs awesome Um What we've been doing ever since the computer was created was staring at this digital world through this window, uh, and suddenly with the creation and emergence of virtual reality, you can now immerse yourself inside of that digital world. Uh, And that's the biggest change that's probably ever going to happen in computing, and we get to be alive for that. That's so exciting. Okay set the stage, there's VR is awesome. Um, There was a little bit of a false start to the industry about six years ago, five years ago when Oculus was purchased by Facebook because it sort of made everyone feel that there was a platform that was operational before it had even launched. Uh, And so it was bought for $2 billion. Suddenly everyone thought there was a market. And so tons of money went into the industry and even though there's crazy poten- there was crazy potential there, there weren't enough headsets for the market to make. So then over the last 18 months, there has been a, a winter. I, I've been calling it the winter of VR. And uh, where sort of the enthusiasm, at least in my part of the industry, the investor segment of the industry, is it sort of faded for a while because a lot of the earlier... Me- the earlier... Investments in the industry sort of it had they had enough time to either not work or uh, sort of n- never really percolate to the mass market because there weren't enough headsets now where we are today is at the most exciting time in virtual reality history which is the beginning like we are at the spot where the market is about to hit the Oculus go just launched. The, uh, the newer high-end headsets are coming out in or probably late summer, early October, September, that area of the world uh, of the time frame. Um, and so the markets here, like I'd say in total right now, there are 2 million high-end headsets, w- which, uh, isn't, which is really awesome. Like there's enough liquidity of excited early adopters that people are in headset all day, like all the time. But for for there to be sort of a transformational uh, world change, uh, you really just need more headsets and the cost of those headsets to go down, and that's what's happening. Suddenly, Oculus is releasing the Oculus Go for three hundred dollars with a controller like that. That in in itself is an incredible uh, statement for the industry. So we're okay. So where are we today? We're we're at the point where if people aren't a investing in virtual reality they're about to be left behind and b if you if you're an entrepreneur who is excited about the future of technology vr is a future that we should all live in
0: yeah i i'm i'm totally with you and there's something uh, that i wanted to get your thoughts on in terms of the competition the space for hardware um one of the things that happened from my recollection was that in the first couple years uh, when Oculus was about to launch, uh, Vive came through and they had positional tracking, room scale. Um, and for that first year, it seemed like Oculus was was struggling to keep up. And it seems like just now with the Oculus release of the Oculus Go, it seems like there's this new clip, this new pace to Oculus while vive and HTC is stumbling over i feel like the marketing of the vive pro being so expensive um and so where do you think you see this competition space looking like you know a year from now or even earlier than that you know what is microsoft doing what is apple doing what is google doing with daydream so far that um that is adding to this sort of competition atmosphere in the industry
1: and that is the question and so like if you look at the entire market, it's so important that the infrastructure is laid and that infrastructure are headsets, uh, headsets of some amount of quality that have enough GPUs that can run virtual reality. And r- right now, uh, there are rooms of people who are all literally just arguing over inside of Oculus, inside of Google, inside of HTC. And they are, cr- creating their battle plan because they know that everyone's going for it now uh so my answer is i think apple doesn't want to be first they want to be the best just that's their standard position in everything they weren't the first phone they, they weren't the first computer they're never the first but they're the most accessible to the end user and they think through the entire system uh microsoft for the first time ever in my life I say is building great products <laughs> uh, and I think that is super exciting for the virtual reality and augmented reality world they're ahead in augmented reality but I think for mass market augmented reality is still there's too much processing that needs to happen in order to give me a pair of glasses that I can walk around with and have a digital overlay of um, the, uh, but I, they have built some headsets through partners like Asic, uh, not Asic, uh, Asus, uh, ASIS and um, all those other partners that uh, have created really good, high-quality products. And I'm really excited about those. Google has a six-stop headset that uh, a couple uh, I have seen, and a couple people, a lot of entrepreneurs have been experimenting on um, the. And then there's Oculus and HTC, which definitely have the most user testing of anything in the market. And I think that that's the landscape. Everyone is saying, Hey, what do we win and how do we win right now? Your question, I'm not going to be able to answer to the utmost because I think that there are these, these corporations are going after it.
0: Yeah. And so what do the most successful VR startups have in common that you've seen? You know, it's, it seems like the past five years it's been, it hasn't been the easiest, Sort of waters to wade through, and so I wonder if you've recognized any patterns that are common across across the board over the different VR startups that you've encountered.
1: They believe, like I, I, I don't know, like uh, I always when, when when I'm talking through the common themes of all startups, really, it's no different from VR to anything else. It's they are st- they're talented, yes, they are. Uh, you know, and passionate and all these things, but they have a secret that they know that the rest of the world doesn't understand yet. And they truly believe in their secret. Um, and they truly believe that that will be the way that the world sort of shifts. Um, and that's the difference. Like the people who ended up, uh, sort of falling short or running out of money or whatever, like I, you know, some people say that you, you, like 99% of startups fail because they run out of money. And it's sort of a joke, like, ha, 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 they run out of money, so obviously they fail. But they run out of money, they, they, they lose, or they, uh, the startups fail because they lose faith. Like, they lose faith that they were right, that suddenly the world has hit them one too many times in the face, and they, they've they decided, wait, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I I believe that the best, the, the startups that are about to make it In the virtual reality world, but also just in the world in general, are the ones who just keep moving. It's not about being right. You're going to make a lot of wrong decisions, but it's about being like steadfast in your belief in what you are doing and the movement that you're creating in the world. So, that's that. If I can sort of bestow one word of wisdom, it's if you're going to start a company, like be true to the movement that you wanted to start and bring into the world and just listen to the market and build the product.
0: Yeah, I, this question might be a little bit redundant, but I wonder what is it that you see in a leader that you think okay, so this person has what it takes to lead this company to lead this product. You know, what what do you see in a particular person and how do you know how do you know when someone has what it takes?
1: So, you know, venture capital is built on sort of a index of risk. So, we're constantly the the question of how do you know? I don't know if anyone ever really knows now because over the time frame, by the way, of a, a startup, like people change, they evolve, they adapt. Like there's tons of changes that happen through each leader that starts a business. Um, the, the, the whole system changes and you, you have to be able to adapt. So adaptability is definitely one of the things. Um, the how we identify leaders, though, I like to think of it as, would I want to work for this person? Because at the end of the day, I want to know that their judgment is good enough that I believe that they will make, they have enough energy to p- persevere. I believe that they will make more correct decisions than incorrect decisions, or at least the incorrect ones they'll learn from fast. And that they truly believe in what they're doing. And those are, that, that, like, at the end, of, like, when that Venn diagram, like, crosses each other, that's where I like to invest because these people, really, they're just pursuing their lifelong mission or dream, and we just want to be able to enhance that. Like, they come to us with brilliant ideas, and they might not have the money to be able to make them that that dream happen. And we, we as venture capitalists, we as investors have an opportunity to, to allow people to pursue their dreams. And that's such an exciting like position to be in. Um, so I, you know, I don't think that there's one type, I don't think there's one type of, uh, leader. I don't think there's one type of successful business or CEO or founder. Uh, I think they they come in all shapes and sizes and I think they, uh, Really, at the end of the day, it's how bad do you want it? Like, the world's going to say no for seven years. Can't, can you handle that? And the people who can handle that, they win.
0: Hmm. Now, to change subjects just a little bit, um, can you walk me through a little bit more of the history of BoostVC, the origin story of, of BoostVC?
1: Yeah, I'd be happy to. I founded a company about, wow, uh, wait, 10 years ago now? That's wild. Uh, So ten years ago, I founded a company called Expert Financial, and we were helping. It was I founded it out of uh, college, and I was helping. It was a secondary market for private securities, which basically just means where would you go to buy shares of Facebook or Google at the time when they were not not Google, sorry, Facebook or Twitter, these companies that were not public yet. Um, So we were trying to create a private market for uh, these the this equity private class. And uh over four and a half years I learned a lot, made a lot of mistakes, made every mistake known to man probably in the startup space. Uh fundraising mistakes, hiring mistakes, a lot of really great I mean I I learned an insane amount while starting a business. And I think the thing I liked the most was uh the unsolvable problems. Like every when you're starting a business, there's no right answer. There's only like What's the best answer for my vision, and that's that. That was sort of the most fun for me was that I I've never been good when there is one solid answer. I like when there's, uh, it's sort of like what's the best case, and so taking that passion and that knowledge base of like what's the best answer for people's visions, I was able to go and um, after we after I left that company after four and a half years, I really started to mentor a couple startups and help them not make the same mistakes I did, essentially. And then doing that in bulk was called an accelerator. And I had never never really thought of myself as moving into the venture capital business. I just thought of myself as moving into the massive mentorship business. And then it turned out that in order to do that and support myself, uh, it was called uh, being... it, It was an accelerator, but like Accelerator is a subcategory of venture capital. Um, I found it to be the most disruptive form of venture capital at the time because what you get to do is you scale and network. People feel uh, an allegiance to your brand if they have spent time in a program, uh, at, like Boost VC's uh, accelerator program. And then, yeah, and and then over time, like I personally have always been a very large fan of science fiction. And I see all of these technologies that have been written about for the last 60 years coming to fruition. And the first technology that we ended up backing and supporting an ecosystem around was uh, Bitcoin and the blockchain. And and we went really deep and really hard into that space, and we built out an incredible network. But we realized that our ability to build a network doesn't only apply to one technology, it applies to really any, any technology. And when we first put on our headset, uh, a VR-HMD head-mounted display, we, I realized, I, actually, my first experience was, it was not as exciting as you would think. It was a Samsung Gear, early version of a Samsung Gear, really early version. Um, so I wasn't one of those people who was there eight years ago, ten years ago, to try the first version of the Oculus. But um, it was probably four years ago and I tried on the Samsung Gear headset, and I was suddenly transported to the moon, and I was watching the movie Transformers on the moon, and I suddenly, I knew that this was going to be a technology that not only transported you, but it sort of showed people's imaginations, and I found that to be a very powerful and compelling concept, which led us to building out an entirely huge community and investing in tons of early-founders, who are believing in virtual reality. So now we have about 70 to 75 VR or AR related investments because of our excitement that happened about four years ago.
0: So knowing what you know now uh, and all the things, all the, all the knowledge that you've collected over the years, what advice would you give yourself if you hopped into a time machine and you went back four years from now and you spoke to yourself from four years ago, what advice would you give him?
1: So uh, for VR
0: or for everything? Uh, for, uh, well, actually, why not both <laughs> for VR and for everything?
1: It would probably be buy Bitcoin by more B- of it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the so if I were to so s- when I founded Boost VC, um, and if I went back in time first, first I, w- I would probably not not listen to m- myself. That sounds more like me than anything else. Um, <laughs> But like I wouldn't listen to older me older me doesn't know as well as present me obviously the uh, <laughs> But but if we get through the conversation of uh, understanding that I am future me and uh, present me in let's hear how it was, six years ago was what 2012
0: Yeah, yeah, it was
1: Yeah, so in 2012 You know my my journey over the last six years. I've I've made a lot of mistakes. I'm not going to pretend I've made mistakes. I I, I would. Uh, <laughs> it w- I mean, it, financially, it would be like buy Bitcoin, buy, buy Ethereum, and like go go with your gut. Would probably be the main main things. But really, I, I don't know if there's any specific piece of advice I could give to that person six years ago. Because at this point, I feel that we've done such a great service to the communities that we've joined that I had to all, make all of those mistakes in order to get here. I, it's a really great question because I would love to have, like, given the words of magic that made me move faster and better. Um, I think it would be here. This is my what I was to tell, you know, from six years ago me. It would be go bigger. That, that would be my word, words of advice. It would be, you know, if, if you have conviction about something, whether it be virtual reality, crypto, sci-fi, it would be go bigger and f- find the believers and go bigger with those believers because uh, at the end of the day, you want to make as big an impact as possible in those technologies and it would getting there faster is uh, what we, you, you just want to be continuing to think bigger. I think the o- only thing that we, we were always uh, incremental in how we thought about things and which it t- has been really, really great for the boost VC brand. We built our brand slowly and with trust, but uh, you know, I, I, I probably could have tried to go a little bigger, a little sooner and we, we could have uh, tried for a couple things, but overall I'm, I'm I'm pretty happy with the way that we built out the team we've built out. I mean, I'm I'm one person on on a team of five, and all I, I'd say I'm the least talented of all of them. So I, I think that for the Boost VC brand, that's really been incredible. Just team, surround yourself with all stars, obviously. Uh, and then on the VR side, from four years ago, I would say <laughs> you're early. Wait six months <laughs> but but, but it's gonna happen, and it's about to. I think we're i I honestly think that the conversation you're having with all these VR enthusiasts and all these uh, you know thought leaders as, as we would call them in the space, the conversation is gonna change so much in the next twelve months because we're gonna see we're gonna see some winners emerge, like who is the winner, like third party startup? That has built a product where, you know, millions of people are tuning in every day. Like that's going to be a thing in the next twelve to eighteen months, uh, and that's so that that is going to be that is going to show so much trust in the system and the new technology. Um, so, what my my, I think it's just at the end of the day, it's trust your gut and go bigger are the two pieces of advice I would give to anyone six years ago, but really me
0: right on right on okay so let me switch topics or and ask you about a topic that i think you're an expert in um and, and so i wonder what do you think the intersection of virtual reality and cryptocurrency look like what is that you know evolving sort of midline where these two technologies meet what is that what does that look like i know what it looks like right now um but i wonder what you think it'll look like going forward and perhaps can you paint me a picture? So,
1: yeah, no, uh, of course. I So the first time someone asked me that was uh, probably two years ago when we added VR and crypto and I was pitching a, for a new fund. Um, and they said, so what do these two technologies have in, in common? And I mean, really, at the time, I wasn't thinking about the how the thing that they had in common. I thought impact, like the impact of these two things is what they have in common. They're both going to change the world. Now, as time has gone on, what we've realized is that they work perfectly together. The, uh, where uh, what, what crypto does is connect the world on one financially digital infrastructure. Uh, virtual reality allows us to actually step into this immersive digital world. And those two things together allow for transactions to happen. They allow us to transport to anywhere at any time, um, in 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 space. Like suddenly, geography isn't as big a deal because I can move myself anywhere and be in the same room with someone. So what? And what crypto does, other than this financial infrastructure layer, which is a really big deal, is it does something that's really exciting for the virtual reality world. It creates digital scarcity. And what I mean by that is the reason that some things become valuable is because they have a limited supply. Like Beanie Babies, a long time ago, were, there, there was a scarce supply. Every time they did a new release of a new Beanie Baby, there was a limited number of that year um and that was a part of the really uh, the appeal was that i had this rare thing that only a few other people had now you've never been able to do that on the internet uh digital if i've ever been on the internet anytime anyone has put up a picture anyone has put up an asset there are an infinite number of those assets and pictures until last year when uh, ethereum released the it's the erc701 contract or something like that the uh suddenly you're able to actually create uh, non-fungible tokens which allow for you to have one of something and verifiably prove that there is one. Uh, And that is really, really exciting. So what if in my world, in my room in virtual reality, there was one of a comic book and I could verifiably prove that there's only one of this? That's never been possible. So there's this concept of CryptoKitties that's been very popular in the last, uh, I don't know, six months in the crypto world, and it's the first example of sort of a beanie like beanie uh, baby like digital asset that it exists online, and it's it's a really really exciting concept that's going to bridge to the new virtual reality environment where I have. 3D unique objects. I have 3D collectibles, um, and, and if you ever watched the movie, if have you seen the movie Ready Player One? I have. I I, I, ho- I hope you have. It was great. <laughs> yeah. It was. But but like 90% of the stuff where they were buying things or there was they they were talking about how there's only one unique item like that big bomb that they were talking about or the um, mm. or the, the other assets that isn't possible. Uh, Unless you trust the the company that runs it, um, that isn't that isn't possible to truly create one unique asset without the blockchain, without uh, this new crypto overlay, and that is really really exciting. I think for this bridging, and I think we're going to see like lots more. I think this. I think we we were just lucky, and we happened to be pick these two industries that we saw mass impact of, but. There's going to be an overlay of these two industries, and it's about to be a really big industry in itself. Like VR crypto is about to be in itself a larger industry.
0: Because in my mind, what and, and sort of to add to what you just said, it, in my mind, it feels like what that's going to open up the gate for is going to be the virtual a virtual reality economy where people can make money in VR and then trade value and exchange goods in VR. Um, all enabled by blockchain and it just seems to me like you know all all this is like very much common sense but i don't see a lot of movement going in that direction as as much as i'd like i'd like there to be i feel like ready player one sort of dropped the ball a little bit where they could have shown more about how people were using v- VR as an economy to sustain themselves, or you know, or or. or, or, or
1: I, I mean, I will say it. that I, I I was the most excited when I was seeing the uh, how the the tokens and and uh, all that stuff worked, like geographically dropping tokens. you know when uh... they. Uh,
0: about it polymetrically um, there, yeah, yeah,
1: they did it. So it was like in digital world, you'd leave a token in some space, and it was it would be able to just stay there until someone collected them. Um, that that's a cool concept, and possible, you know, even his even the entire purpose of Ready Player One, the ability to leave money hidden based off of a huge puzzle system, geographically located somewhere, like. That I don't believe would be possible at all without the blockchain
0: why isn't that why isn't there a company doing that already? Why isn't there like some big raffle going on where they give away money for you to go and explore VR or solve that sounds like a killer app right there
1: man I, I mean actually yeah I think people are thinking of it less I think there're not enough people in one world yet, and the worlds aren't big enough. That hiding something wouldn't be good, but paying people to accomplish tasks might work well. Uh, you know, you discover the reward of the treasure at the end of like accomplishing tasks, that could work pretty well. Um, I, yeah, no, this is the type of thing that I'm excited about. Like, I think there is an entire economy that's about to be unlocked by VR, and crypto is just going to be. It's going to enable it. No one's going to say it's crypto. No one's going to say it's the blockchain. That's that's when technology has conquered the world. It's when it's when no one talks about what technology it is. It's just yeah. used. People are just going to be like, hey, there's money locked up. Like, let's go find it. And that's, it's going to be because of the blockchain. It's going to be because of Bitcoin, crypto. But it's it will just be there and people are going to be searching for it. Like, that's possible today i don't know why no one's actually gone after um sort of done even a small version of the experiment like a a quick like hey does will people are people willing to be paid just to explore
0: yeah
1: uh like a like a even you know hundred dollar bounty if you know you play for 10 hours or whatever um
0: or even in the context of a service economy, like, or people willing to show up and tutor you or tutor me in Chinese or Spanish. And, oh, yeah. And you would be able to pay them, you know, peer-to-peer with 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 cryptocurrency or, you know, they could give you a lesson in some sort of history or some algorithm that you're trying to learn for whatever you want to do. Like, this is where I feel like, you know, this, this bridging of knowledge is really going to... Um, explode because people are going to have both the necessity and the means to be able to exchange that kind of value uh, oh yeah
1: Pure, it's peer-to-peer of the world like suddenly i can connect to anyone on a like geographically located level as well as like an intellectual level and our big bet for virtual reality is that it changes the way people learn but so education is, you know, we've done it in one way for a thousand years or whatever. And now we need to change the way that that has worked up to this point. I think VR is the answer. However, there are a bunch of pieces that need to be in place before I think everyone is online. So games are the first generation. Um, I think that enterprises are going to adopt it next. Next. And then over time, the consumer will use it, uh, for, for education. And I don't think people are going to realize that they're learning. It's sort of like, you probably don't think of YouTube as like the number one place people learn things, but it is (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) like more people have learned, uh, you know, probably degree worthy information from YouTube than anywhere else in the world. Um, and, and so I think it's going to be a similar way, like, these MOOC courses or video-related things. Like, suddenly you're actually going to be able to learn and have presence with uh, the perfect teacher at the perfect time on the perfect topic.
0: And that is wild. Yeah, for sure. This next question requires a little bit of self-reflection. And the reason why is because we're we're really good, at least I am, I'm really good at figuring out or, you know, putting labels on things that VR is really good for. VR is really good for education. VR is really good for uh, gaming. VR is really good for tourism. VR is really good for mental health. You know, but but what is VR in your mind not good for? And, and 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 where and where do you see energy being misguided into VR where it should be guided towards AR or some other technology?
1: So first you, you need to sort of think of what VR is. And the way I look at virtual reality is it's it's reality with magic. Like you can teleport anywhere. Uh, you can use a bow and arrow when you don't own a bow and arrow, you can, uh, you know, shoot, uh, AI robots in space pirate trainer. You can, um, you can learn, you can learn how to DJ. We have a company called tribe VR that where people can, uh, you literally get set up and peer to peer. Someone is teaching you how to DJ. They're changing the way that people can learn, uh, So uh, the uh, Arthur and Dimension Ten are both uh, sort of solving this uh, ability to collaborate in VR. Um, The it's it's about experiencing. It's about uh, it's about experiencing, and then it has reality with magic. Mm -hmm. And you, the more you experience, the more you learn. Sorry, this is my like long way of saying like that is what VR is is really good for. It's about what you can do here but with with magic and faster hmm. and here as in like where i'm I'm in a reality right now um or what we consider reality i mean I'm in the simulation that now has a simulation system the uh what v r is is not good for see it's I think one of the things that people have been mis- misguided in is that it's a new medium. So a lot of people want to use VR like you uh, like you would a film ca- – like film VR like you would uh, a normal movie where you move the camera, you do all this stuff, you, you change the perspective of the person. Um, and that isn't – like I'd say entertainment, the experiments that I've seen – Uh, it's not going to be like television. I I think we're going to be merging VR and gaming in a lot of ways where you are the character uh, and you experience the, you know, all of the feelings and emotions through artificial intelligent, like beings that allow this to happen. And the real new storytelling mechanism isn't virtual reality. It's going to be Character development and the ability to actually have humans interact with, you know, AI bunny rabbits and stuff. Um, we have a we have a company called Arty that is working on that. The uh, I I think that the thing that everyone's been experimenting with is that th- everyone's been looking at this as a Hollywood clean slate for like a new genre of entertainment. And they're right. But I think that they're wrong in how people are going to consume it. I don't think people. Uh, I, I you know I'm. I do find the documentaries to be very captivating. I do find the doc. But being isolated inside of a headset is just not as uh, valuable unless I'm connecting to something, some element of the story, some element of something. And so I think for even just virality purposes, there will be more social stories, more uh, AI characters being a part of that story, not. Hey, this is a film that's a very passively watched thing. I don't think passively watched uh, things, in whether it's 360 video or anything, um, will be as engaging as uh, in virtual reality. Not to say I don't enjoy it. I I just think like where people like if what I'm saying, which is connecting humans and creating magic is what I believe that virtual reality is good for, then, you know, create the magic.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, and definitely we found out that jump cuts like you do in regular cinema just don't work in virtual reality. You can't take yeah. can you can't take away and, camera control. It doesn't work that and, way.
1: And these are the things we're learning. Like, I, I also don't expect everyone to just inherently understand that. I think we need to go through the experimental phase to figure out how these mediums are different before we figure out what the actual solutions are.
0: Yeah, I I wonder if there is a room for um, improv actors who are out of work and who can become the characters inside those novels or those games or those experiences that people can pay to go try out once, like going to the theater, but instead it's instead of uh, AI characters it's real people behind uh, the mannequins. Yeah,
1: so I think... I honestly think that it, 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 this is what we have with VR is more like theater than television. Yeah. So, and that, that's sort of interesting. Like, that's really interesting. It's, it's theater at scale. And so the entertainment piece is more, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't need to go on. I, I, I that's sort of where I feel that there's still a lot of experimentation to do. I, I am still captivated by a lot of the 360 videos that have been created, but I think the true purpose of virtual reality is connecting the world through presence um, and giving it a little magic. And the, uh, and I think that to fulfill the true purpose, you really do want to um, have these mobile stories, this mobile storytelling where it's like not the same story all, every time. Every p- person gets a different thing out of it. And it becomes more like a game than anything else.
0: Yeah, I recall uh, a moment where I was in VR chat and I had a gang of the Dragon Ball Z character Cell. And it was a gang of them, like 18, 20 of them. They were all rushing towards me. And they're like, join us, join us. And I ran away from them. But eventually, I couldn't resist them, so I just joined them. I just became a cell, and then we roamed around VR chat, just asking people to join us. And it was this weird sort of thing where I just sort of just let the thing take over me, and I just accepted the role. And I had so much fun just acting this thing out. And and I think that that's definitely part of the connection that people feel when they're in VR that just no, you don't get anywhere else.
1: Yeah, it, that is exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah for sure that's gonna that's just you, everyone's gonna have stories i mean already i have memories of being in virtual reality like that's weird
0: <laughs> it is isn't it it really yeah. is yeah I, and that's the thing i, I love about it too because it's like then you get into these conversations with people who are like what were you doing you were what you were flying a spaceship you were and then you were hugging a panda and, and then what
1: and, and then they're like but that's not real and then you're like but it is
0: yeah it's virtually real it's and that it's that's 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 the crazy thing it's 2018 and we're having these kinds of conversations a hundred years ago people would have their minds blown if we if they like had if they were put like a fly on the wall into our conversations today um i'm really i'm really excited about the prospect of vr and so on that sort of vein what are the goals for boost vc going forward
1: so At BoostVC, we're a family of founders trying to make sci-fi a reality. And what we do is we invest in technologies that connect the world uh, in this digital way. So, uh, you know, as I explained, crypto or blockchain or Bitcoin, as uh, everyone has their own word they like to use for it, I use crypto, uh, connects the world on a financial infrastructure VR connects the world in, on this immersive digital infrastructure. And so moving forward, all, everything that we do, we're really just trying to accelerate us moving to this new digital reality. I believe that we are in this really exciting time in history where we're moving from a very physical world to an all-digital world. And we are the bridging generation that gets the opportunity to build this digital revolution. And so um, everything we're doing is about connecting and bridging that gap. I, I, I think that, that itself is the, the mission of BoostVC and finding the, the right technologies, the right entrepreneurs where I want to live in their worlds is really what our job is all about. And it's a really fun, fun, rewarding job where I get to work with a lot of people who are just trying to change the world.
0: Yeah, that's that 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 is awesome, because I, I for one, I sort of absorb people's energy. So if you come at me with a lot of that, like uh, uh, type A personality kind of energy, I absorb it. And it's sort of like contagious And it. I, I totally get where you're coming from. I totally get where you're coming from. The last question I have for you is um, what are your biggest hope for VR? Hopes for VR? Well,
1: my biggest hope for VR... Uh, I mean, I, I think... I don't even have a doubt. I think it changes the way that we interact with the world, with people. Um, my hope is that, uh, you know, we, we go through this transition into this digital world uh, and we maintain sort of a positive outlook as we merge with, you know, our human AI overlords. That's coming. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think, I think honestly, like there's going to be this merging of uh, technology and philosophy where there's going to be this question of what is human and what is consciousness over the next 50, 200 years. Uh and, I think virtual reality is the first time that we are immersing ourselves inside of a computer and we're also going to be adding technologies that allow us to uh, communicate with these computers while we're in them. So my answer is, what are my hopes? Like, it's such a, it's a great question. Um, My hope is that it changes the way that we learn. It makes, uh, it democratizes access to education for everyone on the planet. Um, and it allows everyone to experience a little magic on a, like, you know, what's the future future? What are my hopes? Um, I hope, I I hope that we can, uh, I, I hope it helps build a better, more human world by connecting everyone. It allows us to communicate more broadly to all of all the humans on the globe. And hopefully that just brings everyone closer together. So that's my hope.
0: Very cool. Uh, Adam, I've conclusively concluded that you, sir, are a true scholar and gentleman of virtual reality. Do you have any final comments to leave the audience with before we bring things to a close?
1: Yeah, go go big. Go big. <laughs> go bigger. Go bigger. Think. Ch- ch- change the world. Connect Earth. You know, we're all humans on this one planet. Uh, and try some virtual reality if you haven't. I, I think that the only people I know who really doubt virtual reality are, are the ones who haven't spent enough time in it. Yeah. So I, I think that if, anyone who, if you have not tried high-end virtual reality, go try it. Uh, and otherwise, ta- talented people who really want to change the world, VR and crypto uh, and space are, are all things that we're looking at so we're really excited to partner with some of the most ambitious entrepreneurs and that's if that's you we'd love to talk
0: how can people stay in touch and follow up with all the cool things you're doing these days
1: uh, to stay in touch follow me on twi- Twitter uh, at Adam Draper or listen I actually do have a podcast it's the boost VC podcast so listen to the boost VC podcast Um, for, and that's for staying updated on the connecting with me, uh, feel free to email me, uh, Adam at boost.vc. I read all my emails. Sometimes it takes me a little bit because I get a lot, but I, I, we never know where the next most ambitious person is. And I just, I want to stay up to date and keep our filter open. So, uh, you know, if you're excited about virtual reality, if you're excited about, Uh, the future of connecting the world. Like, please reach out.
0: Very cool. I'll make sure to include all those links in the show notes. Adam Draper, thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you. Thank you. This was fantastic.